Be seated, please. Let's take our Bibles this morning. Go with me, please, to the book of Genesis and chapter number 41 in your Bibles this morning. The book of Genesis this morning for our Sunday school hour, chapter number 41 in God's Word. <coughs> and we're going to begin at verse number 46 in this passage of Scripture. This is a story of Joseph um, when he was in Egypt. And um, we're going to look at some thoughts about missions in the Old Testament. And uh, it's surprising what's in the Bible. Amen. It's amazing. The Bible is an amazing book. Amen. And uh, it shines in so many ways. And we're going to look at missions in the Old Testament this morning along this line in this subject. Uh, beginning in Genesis chapter 41, verse 46, with the life of Joseph. And so follow along this morning as I read. The Bible says here, And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls. <coughs> Excuse me. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up food in the cities, uh, the food in the field which was round about every day, laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn uh, as the sand of the sea very much until he left numbering for it was without number. And unto Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came. Uh, which Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On, bare unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God, said he, hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second called the Ephraim. For God had caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And the seven years of plenteousness that was in the land of Egypt were ended. And the seven years of dearth began to come according to Joseph, according as Joseph has said, and the dearth was in all lands. But in all the land of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And the people said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph, what he saith to you do. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold from the, unto the Egyptians. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn, because that the famine was so sore in all lands. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we ask your help and your blessings today as we open the Bible and as we teach it this morning, God, we need your direction, your guidance. We need your wisdom. Help us to rightly divide the word of truth, Lord, that it would uh, speak to our hearts. Lord, that it would have its place in a lodging place in our heart and in our mind. Thank you, Lord, for missions and how you've dotted your heart of four missions throughout the whole Bible, even the Old Testament. Father, we love you and thank you for your goodness. So bless, we pray thy word this morning as we teach it. 
And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, sometimes when we think of missions, we, we think of it mainly in the New Testament, uh, simply as a New Testament because the Lord Jesus uh, told the church to go into all the world in the New Testament. But yet the heart for God for missions is seen even in the Old Testament. God's heart is written all over his word. From the beginning of his creation, in which he placed man in a perfect place, supplied all his needs, and met everything he had all the way to the end of the book of Revelation, we can see the hand of God in his desire to see the world fed with spiritual food. And it's no different here in Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, how we can see God's heart even in the book of Genesis. And we see this particularly in the life of Joseph. The passage we read this morning shows us Joseph's life when he was doing great, when he was honored and, and um, when he was blessed greatly by God. But there is some chapters before that in Joseph's life that preempt uh, this time in his life. There are chapters before his life that uh, were not about blessings. They were about hardships and, and burdens. And um, he even expresses that in verse number 51 when he named his firstborn son Manasseh uh, because he said, God made me forget all my toil and all, in all my father's house. So Joseph had a rough life before he was blessed by God. He had some, he had some real tough things. And uh, you remember how his father put that coat of many colors on him. He loved him. And that evoked jealousy out of his brothers. And, uh, uh, and, and they called him a dreamer. You remember that? They called him a dreamer. And his brothers were jealous of him. And his brothers just, just treated him uh, horribly. And the opportunity came one day when they could put him in a pit. And uh, they put him in a pit and left him to die. And uh, went home to their father and said, he's dead. He's gone. Uh, he's no more. And that brought great sorrow to his father. Well, the caravan came by, pulled him out of the pit, and then they brought Joseph to Egypt. And when he got to Egypt, it, it wasn't much easier. Because he went to work for Potiphar in Potiphar's house. And when he was in Potiphar's house, uh, you know the story how Potiphar's wife tempted him. And when Potiphar was away, uh, Scripture tells us she grabbed a hold of him and said, come and lie with me. He faced, he faced temptations. And um, you know the story, he left that coat. He left his coat and he, he took off and he ended up in prison. It's just not getting better for Joseph, is it? His life just seems to revolve, go downhill one step after another. Um, it's like, have you, you ever looked to God and said, God, I could use a break today. <laughs> I think Joseph was saying, God, I could use a break at any point in time today. So Joseph, he didn't have the best life. He didn't have everything easy, but God was still there, wasn't he? God was still with him. And in that prison, uh, remember, uh, he got out and he was, and, and I think it was either the butler or the baker that, that uh, 
uh, said, uh, now I'll, I'll speak on your behalf when I get out. And he got out. And what did he do? He double crossed him. He betrayed him. And uh, man, he just can't get a break. But he still had God. And you know, when you have God, you have it all. One man said, God with one is a majority. And that's a great, that's a great thing to ponder. God with one is a majority. And uh, so Joseph, um, he uh, has the dream there in the prison. And, and the, or the, the king has the dream and, and God gives him the interpretation. And he goes to the king and, and he tells him all about his dream. And he says, he says there's going to be famine in this land. And uh, we need to store up some food uh, because our God is going to provide things really good here for seven years. But after that, it's going to be seven bad years. And so the king, uh, the king pulled him out of prison and, 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 and he made him number two in his household. And he said, uh, you are second in command besides me. Things are starting to look up. Amen. By the way, let me say something to Christians who endure things in life. If you just keep hanging in there for the Lord and just keep trusting the Lord, God sooner or later will change the outlook of things. He will. God sooner or later. If, if not even in this life, one day when you get to heaven, believe me, the outlook's going to get a whole lot better when you get to heaven. But uh, Joseph was blessed in this life. Joseph... Um, he was blessed by God. God, God uh, gave him the understanding of the king's dream. He got out of prison. And now he's the second in all the land. Hey, you know, I want to tell you something. Perseverance in the Christian life, I don't think we say enough about the value of Christians just persevering. Amen? You see, I, I, I don't know how much I can handle, preacher. Hey, if God gives it to you, you can handle it. But here's what we need to remember is that if God sends us trouble, then there is a purpose for God sending that, that trouble in our life. And in Joseph's case, he would have never been second in charge of the whole land of Egypt, which was the greatest nation on the earth at that time. He'd have never been in the position had he never gone from the pit to the prison. And one preacher had an outline, Joseph went from the pit to the prison to the palace. I like that. That's good. Amen. So here Joseph is, he's, he's second in command of all Egypt. And he knows that there is a famine that's coming. Well, let me give you some thoughts about this. Number one, I want you to see how Joseph had been blessed by God. Joseph was blessed by God. Um, do, do you see how you've been blessed by God? Have you been blessed by God? God's been good to us. You know, the times that we don't think God's been good to us are the times when we're not looking at what he's done for us. You know, sometimes we get our bottom lip so low, you know. Sometimes the old preachers used to call it the mully grubs. 
You ever heard that? If you're under 30, you probably haven't. <laughs> Amen. But the old preacher said, you get the mully grubs and you kind of get down, you get defeated, and you look at the negative side of life and you focus on that alone. But um, Joseph, he had to admit he had gone through toils, but God allowed him to forget the toils. You know, the blessings help you forget the toils. Amen. Focus on your blessings. Amen. Joseph was blessed by God. You know, this country has been blessed by God. You know why? It's because we started with God. We wanted God in our country. And you know, there's only two nations in all of history that designed their country from God. Israel and the United States. That's it. Now, a lot of countries have patterned their nations after the United States. It's surprising how many nations have patterned their government off of the United States. But you know, the United States was formed and blessed by God because we formed it according to Scripture. You go to the book of Isaiah, it talks about the king, the judge, and the lawgiver. Those are the three branches of our government. And our founding fathers saw that, the executive, the legislative, and the judicial. Those things. By the way, they had a debate in the House. You know, the Republicans have taken over. And there's, they had a debate in the House of whether they should or shouldn't say the Pledge of Allegiance before the Judicial Committee begins every day. That happened just this week. And there were a bunch of them saying ne negative things about saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, you know, it might take 30 seconds before their committee to actually pledge of allegiance. But I think it's a picture of the condition that a lot of people have forgotten God in America. Yes. We have forgotten God in America. So many people. When we, when the whole nation gets like that, watch out. God's going to turn us over. Yeah. Amen. The ones who are holding this country together are the righteous ones. God said he'd spare... Sodom and Gomorrah for 10 righteous. I believe he'll spare America for a few righteous people too. Amen. Amen. But what I'm trying to say is we have been blessed by God as a country. Look at what we have. I mean, look at America. There's no nation on the earth. And we haven't been here as long as most nations of the earth. But we've been blessed by God because we made God our God. And Joseph to God, he obeyed what God told him to do, even though he went through toil and, and some turmoil and trouble in his life. But, you know, I'm reminded that every Christian living in God's will has trials that God uses for a purpose. Don't, don't, don't get upset about your trials because the last chapter isn't written yet. Amen? The last chapter isn't written yet. And we don't know all of what God was doing, but I'm sure Joseph, when he was in the prison, wondered sometimes even if God had forgotten about him. You know? But God didn't. God didn't forget about him. He was blessed by God. And um, notice verse 39. We didn't read it. But notice it says, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. 
Thou shalt be over my house according to thy word, shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. He was blessed. Secondly, he was given much. He was given much. Look at verse 42. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and arrayed him with vestures of fine linen, put a gold chain, chain about his neck and made him to ride in the chariot which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all land of Egypt. He was given much. You know, God's given us much. God's given us so much. I tell you, if, if you ever have that in question, just go to a third world country and on a missions trip sometime, take a look around and see. I mean, you see some cities, just cardboard house after cardboard house, just slapped together, dirt floors, one room, maybe two at the most. If you have a concrete floor, you're closer to being rich in a lot of these countries. Man, look at what we have in this country. We, we've been given much. And, and, and it, there's a third thing I see about Joseph here is that Joseph saw a famine coming. Notice verse 48. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities. The food of the field which was round about every city laid he up in the same. He could see there was a famine coming. There was a famine in the land. Um, do you know, there's a spiritual famine in the world. There's a spiritual famine in this world. There's so many people that don't have Christ. And, you know, there's, there's people that don't even have an opportunity to know Christ. They don't have a church. No soul winner. No pastor. No shepherd. Um... There's people, there's a famine, spiritual famine in the world. Um, there are countries in this world, there's places all over the world don't have a gospel witness. And then there are some places where there's cities with millions of people and maybe one church or two church. How are they going to reach all those people? How are they going to get it done? How will it happen? There's spiritual famine coming. And by the way, if America keeps turning from God, I can see famine coming to America. I can see America spiritually depleted, dry. If, if we continue to forsake God, we must not, as a nation and as individuals, we must not forsake God and his purpose and his will and his plan for our lives and for our country but Joseph could see this famine coming. He could see people were going to be hungry. And uh, God already told him that. And um, we, we too need to lift up our eyes and, and, and see that there's, there's people that are hungry spiritually. Um, you know, you can go to a foreign country and put a track or a John Romans or even a Bible in their hand and those people will read it. In America, we take a track and throw it away like it's another piece of junk mail in the, in the mailbox. But 
There are people that they've never heard it or heard it very little about it. And they need an opportunity. There's a famine in their land. There's a spiritual famine there. There's a spiritual famine in so many places. So many places of the world. I think of Brother Tony Stark, who was here for our missions boost last year. Brother Tony virtually is working to reach that whole country. And he's tenacious enough to get it done. Don't, hey, listen, I don't, I, I, don't worry about he's getting a little older. He's still tenacious. Amen. You may get old, but if you're still tenacious, you still got it going on. Amen. Amen. He is. And he's got a plan to reach that country of Rwanda. You say it's a small country. I know, but it's amazing what one man can do. It really is. It really is amazing what one man can get done for the Lord if he's, if he's just wholly committed to it. Amen. And Joseph's an example of that. He's second in the land. He sees a famine company coming, so he says, let's do something about it. So they start put, planting corn everywhere. And they start piling up, and they've got more silos full of corn than they can count. They do not know of all the silos of corn that they have. <laughs> That's a picture of the blessing of God. You know, America, we've, got, we've been blessed. I think one of these signs around here tells um, that Americans spend more money on Halloween costumes for their pets than they do for missions. Wow. Wow. Think of that. We spend more money on Halloween costumes for our pets. Now, if you've bought a Halloween costume for your pet, that's fine with me. I'm not mad at you. Amen. I have no, no qualms about that. But... Um, Boy, it could be used in a greater purpose, couldn't it? Could be used in a greater purpose. So he said there's a famine coming, and he did something to prepare for that famine so that they could be fed. I like that. I like it. Amen? There's just something about being fed goes along with being a Baptist preacher. Amen? The two just complement each other very well. But I'm saying here, there's famine in the land. You know, there's countries that they don't have the spiritual foundation like we have. You know, in Ethiopia, they, they're starving, but they, they worship the cows. I want to go tell them, go shoot those things and eat them. Amen? Go eat those cows. And if you're a vegetarian, that's okay. I'm not mad at you this morning. But... but uh, you know, and it shows how, because they left God out of the foundations of their country, what, what happens. And I believe, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. I believe that. And, and so, he saw famine coming. But, but fourthly, notice, he saw famine in other lands other than his own. Look at verse 54. And the seven years of dearth began to come, according as Joseph has said, and the dearth was in all lands. But in all Egypt, the land of Egypt, there was bread. Now, isn't that like America? We got bread in our land. 
We got bread. But Joseph wasn't just looking at his own country. He was looking at the famine in the other, the other lands too. Wasn't he? He had his eye on the other lands. You know, it takes faith to see, to, to, give, to, to give to missions. It takes faith because you haven't seen those people. You, you don't, we don't know them. We don't, we're not connected. The missionary is. And unless you go on a mission trip, you never really get to know them or meet them. Um, it was a blessing when we went to Brazil to get to meet four, uh, probably four or five, maybe six or eight really faithful men that were behind Brother Hernandez down there. Man, uh, just their faithfulness, their love for God. Brazilian men, we've never met before, but we know them now. And, you know, I'm reminded that it's so important for us not to just thank God for our own bread, but to also put our eyes on the famine in other lands. You know, We've been blessed of God. We have much. We have the gospel. And we have it so much, don't we? Aren't you glad you have the gospel? I mean, just think. If you haven't had it, you could have been born in Siberia. (laughs) It'd be cold, right? You could have been born there. You could have been born on some island. Somewhere... There's no church or you could have born, been born anywhere where the gospel isn't. You could have been born in China and it's illegal to, to preach the gospel there. I'm simply saying that Joseph wasn't looking just at his own bread, but he was looking at the famine in other lands also. And he said, we can do something about it. And so fifthly, Notice that Joseph was God's channel to feed the nations of the world. Think of this. Look at verse number 56. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses. Now, he could have kept them all shut and fed just the Egyptians, right? He could have said, all right, we're... we're, we're We're struggling. We're just going to feed ourselves. But he didn't. He opened all these storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians and the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. Now he fed the Egyptians, but notice verse 57, and all countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn because of that the famine was so sore in all lands. He said, let's feed, let's feed everybody that comes. Hey, if they want, if they want God's food, let's feed them. Amen. If they want the, the nourishment of God's word into their heart and their life, if they will receive it, then let's make it available for them to have. What a, what a blessing. Amen. What a heart Joseph had. Joseph didn't say, he just didn't say, okay. We got plenty for us Egyptians. (laughs) We're doing good. We're doing good. He said, no, other lands are going to start coming to us. And what what are we going to do? You know, it's still true today. Do you know 95 cents out of every dollar for missions comes from the United States? 
what if we closed our storehouses? What if we kept our storehouses closed? Joseph didn't do that. He opened up the storehouses so that all could be fed, so that all could come to the food. And by the way, who told him that all this was going to happen? God. God did. Everything begins and ends with God. Everything. And because Joseph believed God, he, he prepared to feed all the nations of this earth. Praise the Lord. Which leads me to point number six. He did not keep it for himself. He didn't keep it for himself. By the way, do you think um, Joseph gave it all away and, and God made him go hungry? You think that happened? No. I think he was fed right through all seven years of the famine. I think God took care of him too. But he saw the burden and felt the need that those in a, a, a other lands need to be fed also. It's a challenge to us, isn't it? All lands. You know, I thank God for what this church is doing for missions. We're not a big church, but we've got quite a few missionaries. But you know what I thought? I thought we still aren't reaching into many countries. In fact, we're, we're still not reaching into most countries. Thank God for what we're doing. But I'd love to have a missionary in every country. You say, is that possible? With God, all things are possible. Amen? Amen. So now you know where I'm going down the road. Amen? Now you know where I'm going 10 years from now. Amen. So, number seven, I want you to notice this. His own family benefited from his giving heart. You know, he wanted to give to all the lands, make sure everybody was fed. But he goes back, and, and, and one day he sees his brothers come for food from the land of Israel. And he could have gotten mad at them, couldn't he? He could have said, oh, now look who's coming to me begging. Hey, boys, remember me? You threw me in the pit? Remember? But Joseph didn't have that spirit, did he? He had a forgiving spirit. You know, a forgiving spirit, if you don't have a forgiving spirit, it can wash away all the generous heart that, that God would like us to have. Lack of forgiveness. Because when you don't forgive one, that spirit kind of takes over in your life. You know, when you're unforgiving, when... You know, somebody hurts you or uh, some problem arises in your life or somebody caused you a trouble or problem. You know, it's easy to get bitter, isn't it? But forgiveness, if we learn and we, we ask God for this forgiveness and God does give us this forgiveness, then you know what happens in our life? God takes this spirit, this generosity in our life and he pours it out and he uses it through us. And he blesses it to us. But also, his family, his very own family benefited from it. <laughs> and if you'll go back to chapter 50, we're in Genesis 50. Go to chapter 50 
And look at verse 15, just a few pages back. And this is when, uh, you know, in between these chapters, Joseph's family comes and they get food and they go back. And then they come back for uh, food and they put uh, his cup, Benjamin's cup in the, in the bag, you know, and made it look like they were going to steal. But it was a plan of Joseph's to get them to come back with their father where he could be re reunited with his father, you know. And, and so this all happens through the next remaining chapters and culminates in verse 15, or chapter 50, verse 15. So notice verse 15, it says, And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will poor adventure hate us and will certainly requite us all of the evil that we did unto him. Um, by the way, isn't it funny how when you do something you shouldn't do, how later on it'll come back and, and hit your conscience. Amen. You see that in that chapter? They did something they knew they shouldn't have done. And now it comes back to haunt them. Well, that's a good lesson in life, isn't it? Verse 16. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, Thy father did command before he died saying, so shall you say unto Joseph, forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept uh, when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for, I, for am I in the place of God? You know, that's a good statement. Because even though Joseph was done wrong, he was not going to take God's place of judging them. He wasn't going to judge his brethren. He said, I'm not in the place of God. I'm not going to put myself in that position. So then he goes on, he says here, verse 20, but as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring it to pass as it is this day to save what? Much people alive. Amen. Now we see the plan of God through the, the pit and the prison, getting him to Egypt. See, God designed all that. <laughs> God had a design. He put it all down in a plan. And in the end, it worked out where God was honored and much people were fed. I like that. I like that. Much people were fed. <laughs> I, I have a little bit of humor. When I think of this verse, I think of all seven of my kids around the table when they were little. Amen. Much people were fed. Amen. <laughs> All right, never mind. We'll go on. We'll go on. But he said to his brothers, he said, you know, back then you meant it. You meant it for evil. But God had a plan in it. I, I think we ought to be able to do that in our life, too, is when we see trouble or problems in our life. If we can't just. If we can just be forgiving. If we can be forgiving, we can see that God really was doing something. He was really working something good out that we couldn't see at the time. 
But sometimes we have to just persevere and be patient and hang in there until God's full plan comes to fruition. So his family benefited. His brothers. You know, it's funny because when we give, we may be given to missions, but I'll tell you what, you'd be surprised, but your family's going to benefit from that. The old flesh says, oh, I'm taking food off of my table. No, really, you're putting food in their mouth by giving to missions. That's really how it is. His whole family benefited from this heart he had to feed every nation of the world. <clears throat> well, it ends here in verses 22 through 26. And we see that Joseph, this, was, this was his life's work. It was his life's work to be the one that fed the world. That's what God put Joseph here for. It was his, it was his goal, God's goal, to say, Joseph, the whole, fam the whole world needs food at this time, and I'm going to put it in your heart. I'm going to put it in your heart. And notice what happened. He, he accomplished this work, this life's work. Verse 22. And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house. And Joseph lived in 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation. And the children also of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die. And God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land into the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. You see, these last verses are a picture that he had a life's work that he fulfilled. He went to his grave happy. He went to his grave knowing he did something, knowing he accomplished something. And he could look back and see in his mind's eye all these people of all the world coming to him with their baskets, knowing that they had nothing. And they came to him with these baskets and, and, and he had more corn than he knew what to do with and he fed them. And they were supplied. You know, missions is the same thing. You know, when I get done with the end of my life, I want to be like Joseph. I want to look back and say, you know what? Hmm. I did something. I tried my best to accomplish something. And you know what? Joseph didn't have any regrets about dying. He didn't say, wait, wait, wait a minute. I, I, I got to make amends for this. Or, or wait a minute. I, I can't die yet. I have to do this. Or this is left undone. No, no. He got to his life. He recognized God designed his life for this plan, this purpose, and he fulfilled it. He, he finished that goal. What a, what a great purpose. What a great purpose. The only thing we're going to take with us on this earth is the souls. The souls that God has given us. Amen? And um, it encourages me. It encourages me to know that Life has a great fulfillment. 
You know, there's a lot of people in the world that get no joy out of life. Life is just depressing and defeating to them. There's a lot of, a lot of people like that. My heart breaks for them. But they have not found any treasure in life. And, and, and we value the wrong things. We treasure material possessions. And, and the truth is, it's not wrong to have them. It's just wrong to love them and to make them the priority of our life. But I'm going to tell you this. When we have this vision that God can take us and use us to accomplish something, to feed, to feed people in the world, a spiritual harvest, not a, not, a, not a material harvest, but a spiritual harvest. And we see that soul that we had um, an opportunity to give, to help in that foreign land. We may not have ever seen their face on this life. But when they walk into heaven, we're going to get to see their face. And we're going to get to hear their story of how they got saved. And it's going to remind us throughout all eternity that we had a life's work. and We accomplished it. And, and we finished that life's work. <laughs> That's real living. That's real living. And you know, a lot of folks can do a lot of things in life and amass great things and build great buildings and speak great speeches. But you know what? When you get to the end of your life, you want to be able to look back and say, I accomplished something. I accomplished something with my life. Uh, God doesn't give us life uh, so that it can be in vain, does he? He doesn't give us life for that reason. He gives us life so that we can pour our life into the souls of others. Because he's blessed us and he's been so good to us. Amen. I've often said this. You'll find more joy in giving than you will receiving. Amen. You find more joy. Sometimes the kids will uh, in the church will write a card or a note. <clears throat> or my grandkids will send me a, a colored picture. And um, one of them when I was in the hospital they sent me a, a picture. I was, I was a little red stick figure. Amen. I had hair sticking up like this in it. And I had a temperature thermometer sticking out of my mouth. You know, and they said, hope you get better. Hey, I'll tell you something. That does more for me than all the money in the world. Amen. Because there's real value in giving. And, you know, if all we live for is just what we can receive, then we really will lose the joy of what life's about. Life's about giving and being a blessing to others and encouraging somebody else along the way and letting people know, hey, you can make it. God can use you and God can use you to do something for that lost soul. Amen? Missions is in the Old Testament. Joseph, he said, I want to feed the world. And when he got done, he looked over his life and he said, you know what? I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go to heaven. <laughs> he felt fulfilled in his life. He felt at peace. And may I tell you what? It can be the same for us. When we reach this desire to help a spiritual famine in the world, let's, let's ask God to help us be that. Amen? And be that spiritual famine need meter that God's given to us. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads.